This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Pros. And this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. My wonderful guest with me here today is the founder and CEO of Hawk Media which is the fastest growing marketing consultancy in the US, employing over 150 employees and has serviced over 2000 brands of all sizes. This serial entrepreneur and visionary was named the International Business Awards Entrepreneur of the Year in the field of advertising, marketing, and PR. And as a serial entrepreneur and marketing expert, he is a sought after thought leader in the world of digital marketing, entrepreneurship, sales, and business. And he is also the, re the recipient of numerous honors, including Forbes 30 Under 30, CSQ 40 Under 40, and Inc. Magazine's Top 25 Marketing Influencers, amongst many others. Please welcome Eric Huberman. Eric, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, so with this podcast, you know, I, I really started it as to really... Um, understand the stories of, of successful thought leaders and business leaders around the world. And, um, and I know you have a, a really interesting story behind Hawk Media and how you got to where you are today. So I guess, uh, first and foremost, let's start there. What was kind of your, your story of how you got to where you are today? And, and how did your, your career in, in the whole you know, marketing arena begin? Yeah, um, well, in college, I made fun of marketing majors. So I was like, oh, what do you do? Draw pretty pictures. Like it was just never really my thing and got out and went into real estate exactly a week before the entire banking industry collapsed in 2008. And so I had to pivot to look at other things. And that's when I started working in on online businesses. I started an online music company and you quickly realize that, especially with digital businesses, like marketing is the lifeblood. We even saw it a lot with COVID where up until this whole digital revolution, marketing was the first thing to go in a recession or a panic. Like they're like, we'll cut all the marketing. We can just get foot traffic for now and bear with it. The problem is now that marketing is your foot traffic. So yeah. when I started building these online businesses, I realized that early on, you have to focus on how you're going to get people in. Like I also built an activewear brand, a t-shirt company before starting Hawk. So I had three different online businesses and all of them. It's like, it wasn't hard to manufacture a t-shirt. It wasn't hard to manufacture activewear. What was hard is to get people to buy it. And when you're talking about digital, the, the way to get people to buy things is through marketing. And so I became very focused on how to market things. And that's when I grew to love it because I found it to be the hardest part of the, the pie. And to me, I want to focus on the hardest piece because then I can win. Like if I'm just focusing on, and not to diminish anyone that's really good at manufacturing a t-shirt, but I knew I could cover that and kind of at least get baseline pretty well. But marketing, that's where I saw a lot of people winning. And so I started focusing on it as I built those online businesses. And so did you see, did you see like a, at the time that you started it, did you see there was a, a big demand of, you know, creating a marketing agency? Because I think we, you know, I, I've, I've kind of dabbled in that area as well, because I, I started a technology and app development company and that's also saturated. So did you feel yeah. like you were going into a saturated arena or you're like, or you just like, you know, there's demand here. I need to jump in quickly. It wasn't about demand or the saturation. It was about that everybody that was doing it was doing it wrong. And that's really what started. It was, I everyone hates agencies. Like it's just, you've everyone's dealt with bad agencies. It's 
par for the course. It's amazing how many snake oil salesmen there are out there. It's amazing how much bullshit there is. And yeah. so that's where it came from was like, God, like I, I literally was like 99% of agencies that I talked to really don't know anything about marketing. They just put a website up and pitch themselves as a marketer. And the few that are good quickly only want to work with big companies, which means the entire lower and middle market get ignored by good agencies, which means they get all the bullshit and which means that they have a hard time getting out of the lower and middle market up into the big game. So uh, that's where the thesis came from. It's just like, we should create accessibility to great marketing, that we should be the best at what we do and compete with Omnicom and WPP and the big holding companies, but we should do it in a cost afford in a cost efficient way that's also like that's super approachable and nimble and flexible. That's what we've leaned on for the past seven years is the idea of being accessible and great. And that combination that doesn't really exist in our market. Yeah, you're right, man. You know, I I, I know, like I said before, you know, with um, just uh, building a, a marketing agency in the past and now we're, uh, we moved to more of a tech company, we just build apps. And I can tell you that it's, there, there's a huge, um, it's a, it's a crazy industry in terms of agencies because it's just, there's so many, uh, there's a lot of people that claim that they're good agencies, that their work is good, that their people are good, but it's not true. It's crazy. It's like, there's such a lack of trust. Um, and it makes it harder to sell. So for you, it seems like you guys did something, you, you proved your quality. You did things differently than all your competitors. Yeah. And I had enough credibility to start really. That was a big part of it is I built and sold two e-com businesses. So I had enough credibility to get my first initial clients because they're like, oh, you know what you're doing. And then from there, it was, it just, we started growing because we did good work and our clients started growing and talking about us, et cetera. And that just picked up. Yeah. Was there any particular service um, at Hawk Media that you, oh, sorry, that you've noticed that essentially really skyrocketed? Was there more SEO or was it content marketing, social that's, that's media? Any... It's funny. It's a common question. So yeah. No it, but the fallacy is that there's like some silver bullet that skyrockets that drives everything. And actually what has set us apart that has made us the best at what we do is that we do all these different things that complement each other. So mm -hmm. we're not going to let someone just run Facebook ads when they don't have an email drip campaign set up to actually convert those. We're not going to, you know, we're going to push people into SMS because it's now performing 10 times better than email is. We're going to have them do both. We're going to look at search at the moment you've scaled Facebook on a lifestyle brand because at some point search starts to become compelling because you've built a brand. We're going to look at influencer marketing to complement that. We're going to look at, you know, the quality of your creative and see if we need to do some production work or creative work. We're going to make sure your website site speed's working. We're going to make sure the whole funnel is working. And so that it all, because it all works together. It's not about just doing Facebook, right? Which is the fallacy that most city marketers think it's about is it's one thing. And so that's, that's what has, if when people ask what separates you, it's that, it's that we look at the full funnel. We constantly are ebbing and flowing where the low hanging fruit is for a company. Yeah, because everything really is integrated. It's not one thing. And that's why I wanted to ask that because I figured for, yeah. for you guys, I noticed that from just doing the research I did, it seems like you do everything well and everything really is integrated. It's not just about one thing. And people make that mistake all the time. And it's the yeah. most common question I think I get now is like, well, what, what are you best at? It's like, no, 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 you're missing the point. Like we are, <laughs> we are a top 10 partner to Facebook, a top 10 partner to Google, the number one partner to Clavio a top partner to Shopify, like the list goes on. We have, we're really good at what we do in multiple categories. We have a, you know, the guy that runs our Amazon business sold two Amazon businesses before joining us to build out an Amazon service side. So mm -hmm. like we have really good talent across the board or we don't offer it. Like we don't do PR, we don't do experiential, not something we've gotten into because we don't know how we're going to do it differently, but everything else that we find scalable and repeatable that we can really drive growth for companies, we do. Yeah. And I've noticed, Eric, with especially agencies and, and even I think even just 
I think in business in general, whether it's B2B, B2C, or it's a product company or service company, I know for a service company, I know just from my experience doing it for about a decade, it's, it's not easy to scale it. And that's just my opinion. I'm sure everyone has their own, but I know it's difficult to scale. Did you, did you do so? What, what did you do to help you guys to scale? Cause scaling is not easy, right? So how did you really scale your company? Was it just, did you, did you have any mentors? Did you have certain processes that you had to execute and implement? What was it like to scale the business? And I hate to say it because it's a little too fluffy, but I think mindset's a big part because what you just said is what many people have said to me. And I've always kind of looked at them sideways. Like, what are you talking about? Extensure is 400,000 people. It's only been around 30 years. Like yeah. it's not, everything's hard. So the idea of hard, is it hard to scale a service business? Yeah, it's hard to scale any business. There's difficult things you're going to deal with and there's bullshit every day. That's running a business. Welcome to the party. But, exactly. <laughs> but I always looked at Deloitte, EY, the big accounting firms more than anything else and went, they've got hundreds of thousands of people each. So like, there's definitely a way to scale a service business. Like that's, that's when people say that, I'm like, you just are repeating cliches that have been repeated. I've heard that for a decade too. Yeah, so have I. Yeah. Really hard business to scale. I'm like, okay, so everything's fucking hard, but here's the, I actually prefer it because I've bootstrapped this company to 200 people. I still own the whole thing with my business partner and versus, you know, scaling an e-com brand where you have to get financing, you need working capital, you need a lot of other things. I'd much prefer to grow off my own accord. And yeah, is it volatile because all our product are our people and you're dealing with people's emotions? Absolutely. But there's other problems with other businesses. Apple's dealing with trade wars with China and all their stores getting shut down for COVID. We're all yeah. dealing with something. So yeah. to me, it's, like, it's all hard. And so yeah, again, I hate to be, as I said, fluffy about it, but- No, no, of course. And then my, it is the mindset though. It's like, like I, I, used my, I used to drive my team crazy with the idea of like, we're going to be a $100 million revenue business. So like when people, like when my recruiting team would tell me, Hey, we're having trouble filling these three roles. I'm like, well, those three roles are going to be 30 in five years. So figure it the fuck out. Cause we're not even close to where we should be hitting any limitations right now. So it's like that yeah. kind of, a, you know, cadence and don't get me wrong. I wasn't that harsh with them, but that's kind of the, the message I was sending was like, we shouldn't be dealing with any problems because we're only 10% of the way to where we're supposed to be. And then we're going to be, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to be like, now we're only 10% to a billion. We got to keep going. So that's, that's, and that's where we're at right now. You know, this year we'll probably, you know, last year we did about 23 million. This year we'll be between like 35 and 40, I'd say, in terms of net revenue gross. We did like 180 million last year. Wow. Um, and, and so knowing that it's like, okay, so we're now we're making progress towards that. And that mindset of like, yeah, we should be at a hundred million. We're going to get there and then figuring out what's blocking us. And that's, we meet with our executive team now. So what was blocking me before was I didn't have an executive team. I didn't have enough people to delegate to, to look at the different problems of the business and mm. focus on the different silos. There you go. Yeah. So then we built the executive team. So now it's working with that team, figuring out now what's your limitations. Why aren't we retaining clients better? Why aren't we selling new ones? Where are the problems and the inconsistencies in the business that can allow us to keep scaling? Yeah. And, um, you know, <clears throat> the thing is, is like, I, I've, I've just noticed like, with with um, with marketing agencies, there's a lot of it really is about the well, I think this is with most companies, but there's a lot of it's a lot about recurring revenue. So did you guys do it? Did you guys are you you do like a 12 month contract with all your clients or 24 month contract? Or is it, month, is it pretty month, typical month to month a la carte? Okay. That's all idea is accessibility. So like it wow, works, awesome. we can make it the better. So we try to keep it. We try to keep our costs or, our you know, prices as low as we can service well. Um, so it's always that balance of, you know, we, we're very disciplined about our margins. We don't try to maximize our margins. We don't charge people what we can. We charge what we need to, to keep our margins consistent. Mm. And, uh, and so we run a business of 
profitable and will survive and has done well even through COVID did great. So like that part is important because like if we're gone, then it doesn't help anyone. But at the same time, we try to keep everything cost-effective, flexible so that they it's easy for companies to work with us. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And I, I love the month to month. That, that's cool. Uh, and and for like for like on a lead gen perspective, Eric, how do how did you and and your team, your sales team, your marketing team, how did you guys attract the brands that you have worked with? Did they come to you just all through inbound, or do you kind of go after them? Uh, did it just happen naturally over time? What, what was what was it like? Well, to- kind of was all inbound, and then we started building a sales team. Then we started building partnerships and referral partnerships, and then we started spending on advertising, and then we started, then the sales team started getting their. Uh, building out their own little teams with maybe some prospecting and then we built out a full prospecting team and it's just it's a constant evolving thing like Mm -hmm. that's the thing is if you want to grow you can't just keep doing the same thing nor can you take like our playbook and apply it to a 10-person agency like we now have a you know 30 something person sales team including outbound sdrs and you know people that are closing and then a full four-person partnership team so developing tons of ongoing channel partnerships with different software companies and other marketing partners etc and yeah, we're just, it's constant firing on all different sellers. We also do a ton of events of our own. So we have, uh, in April 8th, we have uh, the Brandies coming up, which is like the Oscars for brands. Oh, we have cool. Commerce League LA that we partnered with the city of LA on. We launched our first one last October, had 7,500 people attend. We have our book coming out later this year. We have my podcast, Talk Talk, that we're, is attracting a lot of people. So it's, yeah, it's just a constant, what else should we be doing? You know, we just, we're going to be announcing a really big agency partnership and joint venture for, to launch a new agency soon and like a partnership agency. So like all sorts of things like that, that we're just constantly moving uh, to grow. That's so cool, man. I'm, I'm really happy for you. That's, that's awesome. You guys have seen a lot of success. That, that's great. Always great to hear. I, lo- I love hearing those stories. So, you know, I want, I want to backtrack a little bit, Eric. So for me, you know, you know, I love business storytelling and part of that is understanding struggles and and as we talked about a little bit earlier, you just said, man, this shit ain't easy. And it's not, I know, you know, none of it's easy. It's hard to grow any type of business um, and to allow it to thrive. It's going to come, a lot of obstacles and challenges are, are going to come naturally um, within your business and, and even externally. Did you have any certain moments in your, uh, just in your um, entrepreneurial journey in building uh, Hawk Media where you knew that, man, this is really hard. Like, how am I going to overcome this? Were there some times where it was just very, very tough for you? Yeah, it happens. I mean, it's a roller coaster. So, you know, we went through 2018 and 19, we made less money than 2017 in profit and we grew, we doubled. And it was like, you know, we were grinding to try to build out our infrastructure. And we told ourselves, one side of me is going, it's cool. We're investing in the company. We're building out infrastructure. The other side of me is like, are we going to get above water here? Like, are we going to, you know, you, we, with how little profit we were making, it's like, again, we're not funded. It gets hard to survive and it gets tight. And so I was, you know, I spent months, we would make money like two days before payroll to pay payroll. And we always had some fail safes, don't get me wrong, we weren't that flippant, but like it was tight for, and I'm talking six months, seven, nine months, something like that. I don't even remember yeah. anymore. So yeah, there's times like that. There's big, you know, everybody at certain stage gets sued in the first time that paperwork comes in. Oh yeah. Out. What do I do? Oh my God. And then you realize that this is just doing business and what people fucking do. And that yeah. there's, <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, there's that there's, you know, there were, there went, we went through ebbs and flows in our culture where there's times when people seem to be loving what a lot of churn and employment and, you know, employees kind of fleeing. And so it just is a, 
constant moving target to try to build something great. It, it, you can never rest on your laurels. It's never done. Yeah. That, again, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, you have to get comfortable with that as a business owner. I hear so many entrepreneurs talk about the stresses and the, uh, and you know, how much of a headache and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, just take, get the emotion out of it. You're running a business. You chose to yeah. do this. I just, I, I have a really big problem with victim complex of like, no one fucking made you an entrepreneur. You did it yourself. So like, if you're going to choose to start a business, take a deep breath, come to terms that you're going to be dealing with the biggest problems in the business. And as the business gets bigger, those problems are going to get bigger. You're going to end up dealing with shit that you're like, what? Like, you know, the, the bigger the company, the bigger the target. So yeah, man. You go with a lot of crazy shit, get, get used to it. You know, like if you're, if you're one of the, you, you make it to being one of the biggest companies in the world and governments are coming after you. Just think about it that way. So it's, you've wow. got to remember that there, there is no finish line. And so as long as you come, once, and for me, at least, once I came to terms with that idea of like, it's always going to be something, which is the line my partner and I talk about all the time. Now when shit comes up, it's like, yeah, this is expected. Let's, let's fix it or do something about it. And if we can't do either, let's move on. Like, it's that simple. And then so it really is. Not oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, big on this. Uh, I, I know so many entrepreneurs, uh, even people I, I work with that they, they act like they're victims. It's crazy. Like the victim, they're like, oh, but this is happening. Oh, we're getting sued again. I'm just like, dude, like this is the way it is. Welcome yeah. to business, man. You're going to get sued. You're going to, yep. you're going to have to let people go. You're going to have to rehire people. You're going to have to rescale. You're going to have, you're going to have times where you're not going to have a lot of money in the bank. You got to figure out other, other ways to, to make payroll. I mean, it's just how it is. It's, it's yep. part and parcels of the game, right? Yeah. Because if you're not being aggressive enough that you have just cash sitting in the bank, you're probably going to lose your business anyways because you're not being aggressive enough. So there's like, it's always this crazy balancing act. But like, if you can't get in the mindset, it's, it'd be kind of like being like an NBA player and every time the other team scored, freaking out and throwing a temper tantrum and stressing out about the fact that they just scored. Like, you're not going to last long as an NBA player. Like, it's, it's just, you got to focus on your own game, do what you can do and keep playing. And that's when, and then if you can have fun with that and get over all the downside, that's when it, it is really fun. Like I like being an entrepreneur. I've, yeah. I've been offered to sell Hawk for more than I'd ever need to live the rest of my life and my grandkids. Like we're there, we're already in a good spot that like I've been, I've had the offer in hand. I've had several LOIs be like, we're going to buy this and I could go put the money in some conservative real estate and do whatever the fuck I want the rest of my life. It's fun. I'm going to stick this out. Like it's not about, and it, by the way, it's not because I think I'm going to get more next year or some sort of greedy side of it. No, mm -hmm. yeah, greedy side of it. It's more because like, you love it. You love it. And it's what the hell else am I going to do? Like, even right now, as we speak, I'm staying in the mountains for a month. I wake up every morning early. I go snowboarding for an hour, hour and a half. And then I work 12 hours, which, so I'm still working my ass off, mm -hmm. but I'm also snowboarding an hour and a half every day. And like, it, these kind of things that like, I, I like this because what I want to just snowboard all day, every day and not work. No, but I want to work all day without the balance. No. And so we, my partner and I early on determined the idea of like, let's just assume we're going to do this for the next 30 years. How does this need to look for that to make sense? And we made it a balance. And that balance, this is actually a really interesting theory. I got it from a guy named Robert Glazer, who runs a company called Acceleration Partners. He pays his employees $500 to take a week vacation every year. And they're not allowed to answer their phone or their email. As long as they don't do either, they get $500. That's awesome. This is not just a, it's a cool boss thing to do, but it's not just about like getting them to take a vacation. It actually also forces the rest of the team to actually find a way for them not to be a, uh, a key point of failure. That person, if it's a developer or whatever it is, people have to make up for their work, they're gone. So you have to make sure that you have things handled while they're gone. 
And we've not done that, but we've done similar things to make sure that there shouldn't be any key point of failure in your business. Because that's where stress is. When that one person is the only, the only person that can handle X, Y, Z disappears, that's, impro- that's a problem. So my partner and I are actually at the point now that we're hoping by mid this year, we both want to be obsolete in our business. This company needs to be growing and building and improving without him or I doing anything. And that's, we're getting there. We have a really good exec team, but we're trying to do that. Not because either of us want to duck out, but because then I can truly focus on expanding and growing the business and focus on bigger picture things and not worry about what's happening day to day. And that allows me to really scale this thing. Have have you guys ever, and this is a little bit of a one-off question, but just curious, have you guys ever thought about building your own product as well internally for Hawk Media or just service-based? Uh, I mean, you know, so if it was a tech product, the problem is we're not developers. So like we, we have built our own proprietary technology, but I don't, you know, could we find an amazing developer at some point that can make it ready for prime time and use as an outside facing? Sure. We're looking at that. Um, in terms of products like, you know, e-commerce products, things like that. I I like being really good at marketing. I don't want to deal with supply chain. I've done it. I don't want to deal with supply chain and manufacturing Mm -hmm. and a great product. And you need a great product person to build a good company. The product has to be amazing. And so I think a lot of these agencies I see that are flippant about it and just like develop their own product, it's a distraction. It's never going to be that big. It's, it, I don't think it's that worthwhile. And so what we do is actually partner with people. We have a venture fund. We do a lot of investing. So we can become the financial and marketing partner, but not do it ourselves. Right. Well, that, that's great. And I always wonder like, what do you think the the future of agencies will be like, and I, I do have a question about the future of marketing, but more of the future of agencies. Do you think it ever will, um, it, it ever will be obsolete? Do you think it's just going to change and transform like every other industry? How do you, what do you think agencies are going to go? Yeah, I think it'll just change and transform because, you know, I, I think marketing is always going to need to be creative. I agree. And even with AI tools and things like that, if everybody starts using the same tool and it democratizes and it's AI, then great for commodities. But if you're building any type of brand, it's not going to do shit for you. So I think it's going to be a very long time before consultancies and agencies go away because someone's always going to look to someone else for expertise. I think, you know, I, who knows? It's hard to picture what happens when AI uh, surpasses human intelligence and we, who knows what the fuck is going to happen there. Mm-hmm. The whole, but it will be the last to go is kind of the good news. Like, I saw this was a reality in terms of like the way I look at the world that happened, frankly, during COVID, where I'm looking at like, oh my God, is my whole business going to fall apart? And then you realize we are all in this together. And it's actually more of like a uh, relative situation when it comes to our economy and the way things work, where it's like, even as long as you are, this is, this is just the like harsh truth about human nature. As long as you're better off than the majority of the rest, you're going to be fine. And so you know, being a consultant, you know more than a lot of people on a specific expertise. It'll take a long time to replace with technology. You're going to be fine because if you get to the point that you're being replaced, everyone's being replaced and we have to rework exactly. thing called capitalism. <laughs> so I don't really stress about it because it's a more of like a dystopian kind of thing, but yeah. it's, that may happen. That jobs will be worthless and capitalism will be worthless because machines will handle everything for us. And all we have to do is go snowboarding all day. We might get to a point where we don't need people to be fucking making advances because machines are advancing faster than people could anyways. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, crazy. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy where the world is going. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, but all you can do is stay hopeful and just keep moving forward, you know? Yeah, and I, I just, again, you, you 
there's no re use in stressing over the unknown or the uncontrollable. Like who the fuck knows where it's going? But for now, it's not going to change for a long time. I don't think might not be in my, you know in the next twenty years. I'm not worried about my business. I don't worry about things that are outside my control. As simple as that. What's it's wasted energy, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, but yeah. So going back to my other question. So do you do you see where do you see like the future of digital marketing? Do you think there's going to be? Uh, I know I know AI obviously is kind of already in it, but do you do you yeah. see anything kind of just um, evolving exponentially uh, in regards to maybe SEO? I know Google's always changing. Uh, I love talking no, SEO. But. No, I think I think I mean listen, voice search is going to be a thing. So like Google and Google Home and uh, Alexa and all that. Um, we, we invest in a company called Instramatic that does uh, voice advertising. So you can actually talk mm -hmm. to the advertisement and it's kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, it's choose your own adventure because depending on what you say to it, it chooses how to advertise to you. Ah, so cool. that's super compelling. Um, that's now becoming video too, which I think is really interesting. Um, SMS has been skyrocketing. So that's the best investment we've made so far is in an SMS ah. platform called Postscript. It's now the number one partner to Shopify. Um, so they've been crushing it uh what else is it? ar will i think start to play real you know in the next five years will be yep. real and ar is going to change a lot when you have an overlay on the world like marketing and advertising and how that's going to work is going to be super interesting you know minority report style mm. and then uh vr is a little too isolating still i have an oculus and it's fun for a little while and then you're like this you're kind of just sitting by yourself but i don't know yeah it's, it's <laughs> and it's interesting to see because oculus is just sold out constantly of their headsets but even with the new one, but so it's getting traction, which is always interesting because then there's a market to address, but yeah, I'm not sure where that's going. Um, as you said, AI and machine learning is continuing to advance more and more. Mm -hmm. uh, we invest in a company called Junction AI that can now actually uh, digest the creative we're gonna use in an advertising and give us pointments, uh, or sorry, pointers on which creative to use before we have to go spend money against it to test it. So it's actually saving our clients money by running it through this and making sure that uh, the, we are picking the right creative to go out the, the gate with. So that's super interesting. It, that's a minuscule or a small part of the solution that creates, but if you can actually, before putting things into the real world, test them without doing a, you know, a, uh, what do you call it? Kind of getting a user group together, which is biased and has problems of its own, but truly getting a machine to say, this will perform better based on an insane amount of metrics. That's interesting. So I think, yeah, the use of machines is going to increase. I think AR is going to increase. I think uh, people are going to find different ways to communicate. Clubhouse is another really interesting platform. You know, as we've been all stuck inside, it's the most closest you can get to going to a big yeah. conference and hearing meeting people and all that. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's, I think always going to be interesting innovations coming out, but I think well, the other key is chase shiny objects because shit takes years. It's innovation happens fast. Adoption doesn't. I love that. So no, that's, that's great. No, I love that quote actually. Um, and do you think, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on Google and SEO? How do you think things are going there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, they're, they're going to keep, they're, Google's trying to make it that SEO is not a thing. That's part of their challenge is yeah. like, they don't want you to be able to optimize for their search. They want you to show up because you should. So, you know, and now they're just rewarding people for doing the right things. Good content on your site, good yep. site speed, things like that. I think, you know, I've never been one to want to game those kind of systems because I think it's not scalable. That's mm -hmm. not how you build a business. Build a business with a good product and do scalable marketing is what I always focus on. And so with SEO, which we do have a great service for SEO, it's more focusing on, hey, what is wrong with your company and your site and the way you deliver that would have Google discount you and let's fix those things. That's That to me is SEO. And I think that's probably gonna get more and 
it's already a lot, you know, mostly there, but I think that's just going to continue to increase in terms of how people look at SEO. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. Oh, this is awesome. Thank, thanks a lot. Man. You know, I think, you know, it, it's, it's crazy because some of the things that you're, you're saying, I know for, for um, someone like yourself, who's been doing this for so long, it's kind of uh, more simpler things, but for a lot of people, they don't know half of this stuff. Um, and I think you can really, I think you're really going to inspire and help a lot of people. So this is, this is great. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, uh, final question, Eric, I always ask this to everyone. So for your story, everything that you've been through, all your successes, your struggles, obstacles, um, how would you define your story in just one word? And it can be your business. It can be life. I'll let you choose. But how do you just define your story in just one word? Drive. Nice. And, in, and to explain in a few different, I like that word a lot because it's my own drive of like being driven that side of things, but also drive in the sense of controlling, like I'm driving, not no one else is. So it's the lack of victim complex as well as being driven to build something like it's that combination that I think really did it. That's, that's great, man. Um, so where can, uh, where can everyone find you, your website and also social media? Yeah. At slash Eric Huberman anywhere. TV. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, like I said before, I, I really appreciate it, Eric. Thank you so much. I know you're a really busy guy. Uh, right. And I, I'm, I'm very thankful for you to be on the show. And I think a lot of people are going to learn learn from this and learn from you. So I'm very thankful, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you as well. Thanks for having me, man. This is fun. Yeah, cool. Well, I appreciate everyone. Thanks again. And this is your host, Michael Giorgio from Tales from the Pros. And until next time. Thanks, guys. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, there are links somewhere around here, but uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support, and I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously, and we look forward to seeing you soon.